Well welcome. Today we're beginning a six-week series on Paul's letter to the Philippians. We're going to be taking a thematic approach to the book and we'll be looking at joy, contentment, partnership, completeness, unity, confidence in Jesus. And then we're doing three weeks coming up to the Easter story. So that's the next nine weeks of Open Door online. Because we're going to be taking a thematic approach in our preaching, we'll be skipping around the book quite a bit in our preaches. And to help us with that, as Adrian mentioned in the introduction and welcome, tomorrow starts our 30 days in Philippians. The next six weeks, Monday to Friday, a different individual from Open Door will be reading just a few verses from Philippians and giving their comments on it. And so over those 30 days, we will read together the whole of the book of Philippians. And that will help us as we look at the themes on uh, uh, Sunday by Sunday. So we just encourage you to um, get involved in that. You'll be able to see it on our Facebook page, on our YouTube page, um, and I think maybe on our website page as well. So there'll be different ways of accessing it. You look for Open Door Church. Also, um, in the coming week or so, we'll be letting you know how to listen to our sermons on Spotify and other platforms like that, which will allow you to listen to the sermons as you walk along the street rather than having to tune into YouTube um, if you need to catch up with them. But that's all for the future. Today, we are looking at joy in Philippians. And I would like to read to you the first six verses of Paul's letter to the Philippians. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these letters that were written many hundreds of years ago and yet still inspire and change us. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and as we listen to these words, that you will teach us, train us, change us for your glory. Come, Holy Spirit, come now as we listen. Come and fill us for your glory. Amen. Amen. <coughs> well, the letter to the Philippians was written to the church in Philippi, um, which is in modern day Greece. And it was written by Paul and his co-worker, Timothy. Paul and a guy called Silas had planted the church some years earlier um, when Paul was given a vision to go from um, modern day Turkey, the Asian part of Turkey, to modern day Greece. And this church is the first European church to be planted. Prior to that, they'd been mostly Eastern and obviously um, in Israel. 
It's good sometimes to remember that we in the West were not always, and increasingly are not, the centre of the Christian world. In Philippi, when Paul was there, he and Silas had been imprisoned, had a miraculous escape when an earthquake broke open the prison. Um, then they had to leave town quite quickly, having planted the church. Now writing to them some years later, he is again in prison and almost certainly in prison in Rome, awaiting trial by Caesar. But this letter that Paul writes from this prison cell, it bubbles up with joy. Paul uses the word joy and rejoicing 16 times in 104 verses. That's basically every six verses. And uh, I wonder what how your conversation and my conversation would be changed if every six sentences that we said bubbled up with, with joy and with gratitude for the world in which we live. For me personally, um, having thought about it this week and just been watching my um, sentences, it, it would change my sentences quite dramatically. Um, I can tell you that, particularly after Liverpool lose. But anyway, where does Paul get this sense of joy, this sense of gratitude from? Well, firstly, it's certainly not his circumstances. He was in prison and he'd been imprisoned by now for about four years, maybe just a little longer. He'd been originally arrested in Jerusalem, um, but there a group of men plotted to kill him in Jerusalem. So the Romans moved him from Jerusalem to Caesarea. In Caesarea, he spent maybe two and a half years in prison, sometimes coming before various dignitaries who wanted to know why he was in prison. Um, once he was brought before King Agrippa, but about two and a half years he was in Caesarea. Then he appealed to Caesar. So they had to take him under guard from Caesarea to Rome. Took him about an between nine months and a year, um, travel was slow in those days. During that time, he was on, taken on various ships. One of them was in a severe storm, which it in, involved such was the severity that no one ate for 14 days. Um, then they had a meal and then they were promptly shipwrecked and they had to swim ashore um, to Malta in actual fact. Having survived the shipwreck, Paul's then bitten by a snake, which everyone assumes he's going to die by. God delivers him and finally he makes it to Rome, where he's in Rome for at least two years under um, house arrest. So he's not actually in a Roman prison, but he's in a rented house under guard. He couldn't leave. Um, he was, you know the feeling, stuck in his house for at least two years. And during that time, he's writing this letter full of joy and gratitude. While he's in Rome, some people are deliberately preaching Paul's gospel to try and stir up more trouble for him. So while he's under house arrest, there are others that are sort of saying, oh, this is what Paul's saying. We're preaching what Paul's saying deliberately to try and stir up trouble for him. But he couldn't answer it. Then there were those. Um, among the Jewish faith particularly, who really disagreed with Paul and they were arguing and uh, 
so he was under pressure there also he were, he knew in the book of Philippians actually there was some division in other letters that he wrote there was a lot of division in the church so he was facing enormous pressure and he talks about it in the book letters that he wrote to Corinthian the Corinthian church the pressure he feels of carrying the church of wanting to present to the Jesus a pure and beautiful bride so Paul doesn't get his joy and sense of gratitude from the circumstances that he's in and yet this letter radiates joy and gratitude it bubbles up everywhere in this book and particularly in relation to knowing Jesus for Paul his encounter with Jesus not only completely changed his life's direction going from a persecutor of the of Christians to actually being a Christian and being a member of the church being a disciple but it filled him with joy he had gladly given up everything status family security for the sake of knowing Jesus Jesus was his delight his life and his burning ambition was to know Jesus better so in verse in chapter 1 verse 12 you find him saying I want to press on to know Jesus more in 1:22, I don't know whether to stay here on earth or go and be with Jesus to go and be with Jesus is what I really want I want to see him as he really is but I know for your sake it will be better if I stay here but whatever whether I live or whether I die I'm with Jesus in chapter 3 verse 7 he says I count everything lost for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus and in chapter 3 verse 10 I want to know Jesus the power of his resurrection the power of his suffering I want to know him such is my delight in knowing Jesus it filled Paul with joy it filled him with gratitude because he knew he had done nothing to deserve the love of Jesus he had done nothing to deserve Jesus dying for him but he knew Jesus had done all of that and it filled him with joy so despite all the circumstances despite the imprisonments the shipwrecks the beatings that you can read about elsewhere he was delighted to know Jesus everything through this book screams shouts out I am so happy to know Jesus the source of one of the sources of Paul's joy was that he knew Jesus no matter what the circumstances Jesus was all important secondly it was joy in the church joy in other disciples of Jesus he delighted in the fact that he was part of a community a growing worldwide community that was slowly covering more and more and more of the Roman world and he was one of Jesus's disciples but he loved the other disciples they gave him such joy and so as we read in um, the opening words of this book 
to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus, together with the overseers and deacons. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership. He gains such joy from other Christians. Such joy. In uh, chapter 2, verse 19, I want news of you because when I hear news of you, when I hear of your successes, it delights my heart. When I hear of your failures, I can pray for you. I want, an, I want to, I, I may be in prison, but I want to know what's going on. And in chapter 4, verse 10, he talks of the joy that came because of their concern for him. Paul found joy in being one of God's people. He found joy in being with God's people. And then he found joy because he knew there was a future. He, knew, he was sure he was in God's hands. He knew his future was secure. Even if he didn't know what was happening, if he didn't understand the circumstances, if he didn't know why he was in, in prison, he was sure that God did, and it was part of God's plan for him, and he was delighted to be inside of God's plan. In chapter 1, verse 6, God who began a good work will complete it in you. In 1.21, for me to live or me to die, it's all gain. If I do die, if, the, if, the, if Caesar finds me guilty and... Uh, beheads me, destroys me, kills me. It doesn't matter because I have a hope in heaven. My life is not settled here on earth. My citizenship is in heaven and I am here to serve Jesus. And in 3.11, where he talks about wanting to know Jesus, the power of his resurrection, he's going to just, I'll, I'll read this bit. Um, did it, did it, did it, did it. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Chapter 3, verse 10. He wanted to know Jesus because he knew in Jesus his resurrection. It was actually secure and certain. And so he was able to find joy, not in his circumstances, but in his relationship with Jesus, his relationship with his brothers and sisters, and his relationship to the future resurrection. How does this make you feel? Because there's, there's a challenge and a prov provocation in this. We can listen to all of this and say, well, Paul, you know, he was imprisoned, he knew, he knew a lot of suffering in his life, he knew a lot of hardship, but he knew joy because he knew Jesus. He knew joy because of the disciples. He knew joy because of the, his future resurrection. And you can sort of think, well, that's fine for Paul, but uh, me, I'm, I'm slightly different. And my challenge 
to us. My challenge to me, challenge that I've been pondering and thinking about as I've prepared this sermon, is, is this sense of joy that Paul was able to gain from knowing Jesus, knowing other disciples, knowing his future? Is it a joy that condemns me because I think I don't live up to that? Or is it a joy that provokes me to aspire to be like Paul? To aspire to so grow in my love for Jesus that no matter what the circumstances, I think, no, knowing Jesus is far better than any circumstances. Paul says in this letter, whether I'm rich, whether I'm poor, whether I'm overfed or hungry, whether I'm free, whether I'm in prison, it really doesn't matter because I've learned to be content in Jesus. Let's use this joy that Paul teaches us about through this letter this joy in our salvation, this joy in one another, this joy in our future. Let's use it as an aspiration. Let's use it as a provocation that we will be a joyful people. I want to be a person that is full of joy, no matter what the circumstances. I don't, it, won't, it wasn't that Paul discounted the circumstances. He knew what it was to be <laughs> burdened down. He, he knew what it was to face challenges. He knew what it was to have to pray through difficulties. But he knew, was, knew that while he was battling, he still had this source of joy, that he was a son of God, a child of God of God and I want to in I want to use that as a provocation to my life I want to be thinking come what may Jesus loves me come what may I know that he cares for me come what may I'm going to delight that Jesus has loved me I want to grow more in looking across the church and saying what a glorious body of people we are, because we are. We are children of the living God. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are chosen for destiny. I want that to empower the way that I see the church, that I can get more and more joy out of it. I want to remember my future is not here on this earth, but is in a new heaven and new earth, living with God. I want to be a joy-filled person. I want to grow in being joyful. I want to focus my heart, my mind, my spirit, on the sort of joy that Paul was able to write about while under house arrest in maybe his fifth year of it and still be able to say, I am full of joy and full of gratitude for all that God has done for me. Let's pray.
Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you're listening to us. And I pray even now, as people listen to this, as people watch it, you will fill us with your joy and your celebration. You will fill us with gratitude. And I pray, Father, that you will put an aspiration in our hearts, that we are open door, will be known across the world as a church that's full of the joy of God, full of the joy of God. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Thank you. During the week as I was preparing this, Ginny phoned me up and uh, she had one or two things to say to me, but then she said, do you know, it's funny, I woke, I think, I think it's this how she put it. I woke up this morning and I just had this song and I just feel it is for open door. She encouraged me to sing it, but um, I'm not going to be obedient to that encouragement, but just the first few lines of it. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return with joy singing. And as we look through this year, as we look to come out of the pandemic bit by bit, as we return together, she was saying, she feels God wants us to be a church that returns together with joy, singing it loudly, boldly, courageously, singing and dancing for the joy of the Lord. At which point I said to her, it's funny, Ginny, I'm talking about joy this week. God bless, have a great week and be filled with the joy of the Lord. Amen.